0: Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a mental health professional, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional on the Still Trippin' podcast. Still Trippin' Podcasts. I'm your host, David. Today I got a couple special guests with me. And we're about to get into some questions that we got from some new loyal listeners. All of our listeners are new, by the way. We've only had a couple episodes. So thank you to everyone who has sent in some questions, which, by the way, we're doing something new on Still Trippin'. If you send in any questions to the Still Trippin' Instagram, or in other words, through the DMs. We are going to be giving away a couple pairs of socks of Stance Socks every single week. So do yourself a favor. Get your toes all tinseled up. Get some bling for your feet. The stance Socks is coming in hot with some lit socks. And if you don't know who Stance Socks is, go to StanceSocks.com. And if you don't want to send in some questions, still go to StanceSocks.com. Buy yourself a pair of socks. And if you live here locally in the Salt Lake City area, go down to Murray, Utah, to the Fashion Place Mall, and hit up the Stance official store. You can get underwear. Um, They got great clothing there now. I mean, they're mostly famous for their socks. So go down there, talk to my boys, Devin, Ben, Ashley, all the crew down there. They will hook you up. Or you can just send us a message in the DM, and if we pick your message, or even if we don't pick your message, we just laugh at your message and we like it, like, oh, that was a cool question like that person's style, you could also win a pair of Stance Socks here. So like I said, stance.com or you can go to Stance Socks store in the Fashion Place Mall in Murray, Utah. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Today, I'm honored to have our very first Repeat Offender guest on the episode of Still Tripping podcast, and that is my boy, Chico. What's up? What's up, Chico?
1: Nothing, man. Just kind of hanging out.
0: Well, great to have you back, and it's good to be a repeat offender that has nothing to do with the law, right? Nothing to do with the law. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just playing. Hopefully, you're not a repeat offender. I know you got rolled up and busted one time back in the day, but you change your ways now, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I
1: changed all the ways. <laughs> all the ways. All the ways. All the ways. That's
0: good, man. Compass is now working, going in the right direction, and new timer... To the podcast. Now, by the way, Chico, and uh, that is not his real name, but we have to protect his name because we don't want all the girls stalking him on the gram. I'm just kidding, but also because he's under 18 years old, so we just want to keep it private, you know, and we have a new guest here, my girl, Heaven. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and again, this is not her real name. This is her nickname. I know both these young people from the Quit Trip and support groups that we've talked a whole lot about here on the podcast and Heaven. The reason why I nicknamed her Heaven is simply because she is a slice of heaven. Uh-huh. You listen to your parents; you're you're the pinnacle of obedience and good behavior.
1: Mm. <laughs>
0: she is mad dogging me right now. Mm-hmm. She's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah. She's like, <laughs> yeah. looking at me, mad. Going, mm-hmm. yeah. You know that's not true, Dave. <laughs> now, part of the reason why I I wanted Heaven to come on the podcast today because. Just like Chico, she has a lot of life experience, all crammed into a very short period of time in her life, and so, and she's just someone that I really trust, much like Chico. I've heard you guys just give such great support to other teenagers, Um, and you guys have said things that have blown my mind, that have made me think, and also, I've learned a lot from both of you. A lot of times, when you guys are in group, you'll say things, and I'm like, man, I gotta take a note of that, because those are things that I would like to be able to say to someone when they're struggling going through a difficult time. So, I thought no one would be better this for this week's episode to have Chico and Heaven to come on and help me answer some questions from some of our listeners. And so, thank you again for both coming on here and just for the podcast sake so people know that we're talking to real life teenagers. Can you guys go ahead and say state your ages. Chico, you first. 17.
2: I'm also 17.
0: 17 is a magic number, so <laughs> You've been at the teenage game long enough to know when you're not being smart, but you're still young enough in the teenage game to be like, ah, let me see what happens.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, got, I got another six months. Yeah, until 18, you, so I'm going to do all the cool
2: exactly. stuff now. Yeah, same. Eight more months. Can't go to prison Eight yet. more months. Pun- oh, can't go to prison. <laughs> well,
0: you better not be doing anything to go to prison anyway. It's just detention, right?
2: my name's heaven for a reason i'm not going to prison that's I swear. true
0: that's true see a lot of young people forget that when you turn 18 you're still a teenager for 18 and the year 19 right so i'm glad that wait i thought you said you changed all your ways chico it's cool you got to make up your mind man all the ways but i'm still, <laughs> <We're> still careful <laughs> you still you got 6 months to finish changing your ways exactly okay yeah well um let's go ahead and kick off some questions cuz we have a bunch of questions but i just picked 4 for this episode so we'll go and get into some of these. Let me see what we got here. Um, you know, let's start with a little warm-up question. This one came in. By the way, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, gosh, that sounds like my question, but it sounds a little bit different, with all due respect, I did have to shave down a little bit some of the questions and kind of make it a little bit easier to understand because sometimes when people send in something in the DMs, you know, it's not grammatically correct or... They're just kind of putting it out there really fast. So if you think it's your question, it probably is your question. I just had to, you know, edit it a little bit. So here we go. First question is, when two friends are complaining about one another to me, about their frustrations and stress with the other person, what are some suggestions of what I can do so I don't get caught up in the middle of the drama? Okay, teenagers, this is a pretty common thing that happens. It's the friend triangle, right? You got the, you know, having you got the one girlfriend over here, she's complaining about the other girlfriend. And then when you're hanging out with the other girlfriend, she's complaining about the girl who's complaining about her. And you end up being that one degree of separation. You get caught in the middle. Usually they want you to take their side. Usually they're wanting you to be like FBI or like a snitch, like on what the other person is telling them. You guys, what are some thoughts for other teenagers out there, like, how to handle these situations? Because I know you guys have come across a lot of these. And even though that's an easier one, doesn't have anything to do with suicide, that can still be pretty stressful when you're just trying to hang out and kick it.
2: Um, Just from, like, personal experience, it you can only take it for so long until it just gets exhausting. And at that point, you just got to, like, be straight up and just say, like, yo, go talk to each other. I am not your mom. Not somebody to just complain to behind somebody else's back. Like, go talk to them in person and don't fight, like, physically, please.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that sounds like something so easy, but in your guys' age group, why do you think two people just going to talk to each other when they're having beef or problems with each other, why do you think that may be difficult to do?
1: When, how I feel is like when people get mad at another person, the reason is is because they see that in themselves a little bit. So not only are they judging that other person and getting mad at them, they're more judging themselves more than anything else.
0: That's that's very true. I, I don't know if I mentioned this in in one of the still tripping podcasts, but I've mentioned this in my other podcasts. Most people have heard of game recognizes game. So it means like, oh, that person, they got skills. Like, you know, say the other guy on the basketball team, he's really good. You're the star on your basketball team. You're really good. And even though you're about to compete with each other, you see each other right for the game, you're like, what's up? What's up, man? Like, you recognize, okay, this is my competition. This person's got some game. Well, I also found out that shame recognizes shame. So kind of like what you said, Chico, it's a lot of times it's the person that you're beefing with or you have a problem with, there's something that they do that you don't like about yourself. Or there's something that you feel in competition with them that you're insecure about. And that tends to cause a lot of beef. And sometimes, and maybe, Heaven, you can weigh in on this, it could be the friendship that they want with you. They could be fighting for your attention or wanting to be the number one friend with you. Most people have heard that saying, two's company, three's a crowd. And I know sometimes with girls, that's a big deal. What do you think about that, Heaven?
2: Yeah, so usually they're not fighting for my attention. It's usually like me fighting with somebody else for somebody else's attention, <laughs> but like <laughs> But
0: hypothetically speaking.
2: Yeah, hypothetically speaking. So like it's definitely that kind of like girl on girl competition where you just you feel so scared and vulnerable because you just want other people to like you. Especially if somebody's coming in after you've been best friends with somebody and they're just like taking them away from you it feels like you start getting angry and then you start picking out all their little flaws and it just becomes like an unhealthy obsession with somebody negatively.
0: Well let's let's be honest though teenage girls would never make up lies about other girls to get girls to hate them though, right? No, never. That would never happen. Chico's laughing Chico's <laughs> <She goes laughs> smiling every so, yeah, nah man.
1: Yeah, that happens all the time.
2: I mean, teenage boys aren't that much better, but like
0: True that. I think they just do it in a little bit of a different way. Yeah. <laughs> they do it a little bit different way. They they hate on each other in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, so w- any suggestions, um, Chico? Because it, he, Heaven, I thought that was a great suggestion. You said is kind of just tell them, hey, listen, you guys got to work this out. Like you got to figure this out, especially if if they've been friends for a while and there's actual real friendship there. You know, what do you what do you
1: think, Chico? Well, I've I've done this before. Um, I. Two of, my, two of my really good friends were, like, beefing with each other. And I, like, I texted both of them. I was like, hey, meet me at Gin at this time. Just, like, because I was, I was trying to hang out with them, but I really was just trying to get them to face each other and really yeah. deal with what's going on. And we sat there, and they just were like, I don't like that you do this. I don't like that you do that. And I was like, okay, switch it up now. What do you like that the other person does? And it fixed it. From that day on, they really good friends now just because of that little trick that i did that they had no idea about
0: first of all i hope hope you guys are paying close attention and notes because that is some gangster jedi friends you will be
1: yes
0: (laughs) get along and put away your beef you will Mm -hmm. well the reason why i like that is because usually when you're beefing with someone you're arguing with someone you're thinking about all the things you hate about that person but if there is ever a friendship there and maybe they say, Well, I don't like anything about that person. Say, so, okay, well, what do you respect about them? Well, I don't know, man. You know, like he's good in sports or you know, if it's a girl, it's like, well, you know, she's she's nice to her mom. I mean, there could be some random things and it's kinda like um it like softens the blow, does it sound like? Mm-hmm. If you're if if you're getting them to think about something that's more positive, and then it's easier to talk about whatever their differences might be.
1: Yeah, because if you, if you lead a conversation on a positive note, the whole conversation will be positive. If you start it with something negative, it's going to end with more negativity.
0: True that, true that. All right, well, let's get to another question. So thanks to whoever sent in that question. Um, Next question has to do, ooh, this one's getting a little bit deeper. Um, it says, mental illness can be tough to deal with. What do you do when you try to connect with people and do the right things to get better? Stopping, Stop watching Netflix, going outside more, trying to meet new people, have good friends. But after doing all those things, you still have depression and suicidal thoughts. So it sounds like the the person saying, you know, mental health, even when you're trying to make it better and doing all the healthy things, what do you do when those things just don't seem to work? What do you guys think?
2: So... Honestly, it's a lot harder than just quitting habits like that. Like, you can be alone, you can be an introvert and still have great connections with people. It's more about putting yourself out there and being super vulnerable with other people that, like, attracts people and, like, makes them feel comfortable around you. Like, start a conversation, go out and, like, even if you're just going to sit and read, sit and read at, like, a Starbucks or a coffee shop and, like, be around people, get comfortable being around people and that might not cure your depression and anxiety like that's more figuring out, figuring out and focusing on stuff that makes you personally happy i mean if sitting home and watching netflix makes you happy and it like recharges your like biological battery i guess then do it you
0: know, i i really like what you said there because i think sometimes people get focused on like a to-do list like uh, like like okay if i if i do this then i'll be happy well, one, usually doing it one or two times doesn't equal happiness. Like like you said, it could, it could be more complex. It could take a while. But another thing is that maybe it's more depth instead of how many things you're doing, but doing things for a real purpose. Like I like what you said, going to a Starbucks and reading a book. For a lot of people that have depression, it's easy to isolate themselves and be alone and then start to feel like they can't be around other people. So doing something purposeful, like intentionally being uncomfortable, like being at a Starbucks and reading by yourself, that may make you feel uncomfortable, but it may have a different experience than you just reading a book by yourself at home that's easier to do.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Cool, I like that, Evan. Chica, what, what are you thinking there?
1: Um, I think that different things work for different people when it comes to depression. Like... There's studies that have proven that going to the gym can uh, help with your depression. But sometimes that doesn't work for everybody. And you have to figure out what works for you. Some people like music. Some people like working out. Some people like cooking. Some people like cleaning. It all just depends on what makes you happy. And at the end of the day, it's like you have to make that choice of if I'm if, am I going to make myself happy or am I going to choose to make the rest of the world happy while I suffer?
0: You know, a young man a long time ago that actually came to one of our groups, he was saying something similar like this where he was trying to do all different sorts of things to battle his depression. When I first met him coming to our support groups, his depression was so bad that he had a hard time speaking. It would like stop him from talking and people would be looking at him like, spit it out, dude. What are you trying to say exactly? And it looked like he was choking on his words, But his depression was like this dark cloud over him. Well, he wanted to do things like singing. He was a lead singer of a band. He wanted to do the things that he was comfortable with. But for him, he found out that he had to find things that he wasn't good at, that were scary to him, that were a challenge. And he had to intentionally go do those things. And then some things he found out were good for him on fighting his depression but he had to do things that wasn't like his safety net the things that weren't like the easy things to him like playing guitar hanging out with his friends so kind of like what you're saying Chica and a little bit of what you're saying heaven is is that doing things for a specific intention and finding what things are gonna work for you and maybe something that helped you feel happier when you're younger like dancing or skateboarding maybe it just doesn't do the same thing for you now so you got to find something different and is it safe to say that both of you guys know a little bit about, you know, depression and stuff like that? What's that? I
2: don't
1: what? know nothing about that okay, at good.
2: all. Okay, good. Yeah. It's one, it's one Why am I here?
0: Well, you're here because you read a book on that stuff, right?
2: Oh yeah, totally.
1: Studying my whole life. Studying <laughs> for this moment.
0: <laughs> no, but on a personal note. Have you struggled trying to get out of your own funks? Like, what are some of the things that you guys did?
2: Um, yeah, definitely. Like, especially, like, I've had to move a lot, and so I've, like, I've had to move ac- across the country, and that's, like, the most isolating feeling in the world. And I started finding out that I like to do things, like drawing and painting and stuff like that. And even though I was isolating myself, it made me feel really good, and it made me feel, like, I was outside, I was doing stuff because I was portraying that through art, I guess. <laughs> I
1: like that, you Chico? I would just turn, like, my depression, I would take it as pain, and what I did is I would turn the pain into more motivation to get to where I want to be at some point, where I can actually stand up and be like, no, I don't care about this. this is I'm not going to let how someone else wants to act towards me affect how I'm feeling. I am in control of my own feelings. So I was able to really look at what I was passionate about. And I'd put the hate that someone would throw at me. And I'd just turn it back around and trampoline it back into my passion rather than another hate back to them.
0: Now, I could hear someone listening to this and saying, well, I've tried that and it didn't work. And people that are depressed could take what you're saying and make you feel make you guys look like, oh, well, you guys are just better than me. So let's be honest. Were you guys both able to do that just the first time you tried it overnight? Or it took years.
2: I'm still not able to do it constantly. It's like kind of a win some lose some kind of deal. But like every just day, gotta keep is trying. A day.
0: Boom. I'm I'm glad you guys said that <laughs> because think about it. If you're listening to this podcast and let's say you're depressed at this moment, you could easily come across like, well, easy for them to say. Yeah. 'Cause I don't people can't see you. People don't know your life. I don't want people to think that you have it figured out. So thank you for sharing that. Appreciate that. Okay, let's go to another question here. Um Okay. Oh, this is a this is more of an easier one, but we could talk a long time about this one. How much do you feel social media contributes to teen anxiety and depression?
2: Ooh, I actually wrote an essay about this yesterday. Really? All yeah. right, I want to hear about it. <laughs> so I had to, like, rebut myself, so, like, I kind of am a little bit on both sides, but honestly, like, I think it causes a lot more anxiety than depression, but for me, at least, anxiety is a catalyst for depression, Um, but, like, the whole FOMO thing is so real for me, because I have a lot of, like, a lot of anxiety.
0: Explain what FOMO is, just in case there's people that don't know what that means.
2: Fear of missing out, like... You see your friends out doing stuff without you and you're sitting at home or you're like on a family trip and even though you could be doing something fun, you're not with them and you feel like you're being forgotten and it just causes this whole nasty spiral. But then on the other hand, you can use it to contact those friends and like feel be- feel like you're being part of it. But it's not always a go-to, I guess.
0: What do you think about that? The, the anxiety and the depression? Because I-, I like what you said where it definitely decreases increases a lot of anxiety for young people. What do you think, Chico?
1: I think it's it's both. Like it it can be the it can be social media, but it also can be just the people that are really behind the screens. Because it's not because social media wasn't intended for one person to come and bully another person or to make someone else feel bad for their posts. It's really like all perspective and how you can how you look at a picture that someone has posted. Like, um for example, if like a girl is on Instagram and she sees a girl with all this makeup and she looks pretty. Well there's no reason to really start looking at yourself like, oh I look nothing like her, so I'm not good enough. Well you aren't that person. You're your own beauty and you're your own light. You don't have to compare yourself to this person and that person and oh this person has a nice house because people just post about things like that because they want to show it off when they're really feeling similar ways that you are when it feels like shutting down and feels like oh i don't i can't do this anymore when really we're all going through the same things but people will show their emotions as anger when they're feeling sadness and when they're happy they'll show sadness and sometimes just that's people's go-to emotion is feeling down and feeling unworthy almost. And social
0: media kind of gives them the, the, the fuel for their yeah, fire.
1: It gives them more power.
0: Yeah. It gives them a reason like, see their life's better than me. Mm-hmm. I have a reason to be pissed off. I have a reason to be sad. So I'd forgotten about a message that came in through a DM because this wasn't an actual question, but something you'd said made me want to go and, and find this girl's message and read it and, I just kind of want us to talk about this for a second. So it says, um, she says, hey, I'm listening to your podcast right now. I'm having this thought that I've actually had for a very long time. In the past three years, three kids, um, there's been three kids who have died of suicide at our high school. Neither of these three kids had social media or were active on any social media. And that's the problem with these suicide conventions that we're having at our schools. They're putting it as the people who do get on social media are the people who hide from their problems. Yes, some do, but part of it is us. A big part of it is those who do have social media don't know how to talk and make real connections with the people who aren't on social media. I believe it has more to do with us and some of the people that aren't on social media get lost. I don't have enough courage to say this at school or in front of people. You may not even ever get this message, but at least I'm saying it. What do you guys think about that? Because when I read this, I I actually had never thought of it that reverse way. So what are are some of you guys'
1: thoughts? I actually have a good friend that, Um, I was, we were talking in the car yesterday and he was like, I don't know how to talk to people. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, like, I don't know how to text people. I don't know how to be social with people. I was like, just be you. He's like, I don't know who I am. And he, he has social media. He's active on social media, but he doesn't use it. Like he'll post, but he won't go and look at what other people have because he doesn't, he believes that he doesn't have to be comparing himself to other people. We all know our inner greatness, it's just when we feel like embracing it. And I don't even know what I was going what else I was going to say.
0: No, but I something that when you're talking came to mind to me is that I think it's I think she might be onto something. It's there's no class or course how to n- behave on social media Mm -hmm. some people just seem to figure it out right but isn't that the same way with hangouts and being at parties or hanging out with friends not on social media when you're face to face some kids just for some reason figure it out and they're better and then other kids kind of hang off their coattails and be like yeah what he said or (laughs) what she said and they just want to be around the kids who know how to behave but sometimes on social media Kids will say or do things that get them in trouble, um, get people to think differently about them, and then they're screwed. Then they feel like they're out of the club. So so what do you guys think about that? Do you think that part of it might be that some of us are naturally good at it and we're not trying to help other people with it and we're not trying to reach out to people who don't understand how to behave on social media?
2: I think it's definitely like, an acquired talent like it's not you're not like there's some people that are just like oh I love people I'm super great at communication no matter what platform or in person but like I couldn't talk to people at all growing up like I would try and then I'd get bullied or something and then I would just like shut down and so I turned to social media to talk to people and it just got super toxic because you don't know how to talk to people anymore but that doesn't mean that you can't ever figure it out because like now I'm I have more friends in person than I do on social media. Like
0: So it sounds like what you put your practice at and what you do, more often you're gonna get better at that.
2: Yeah, for sure. And like you just gotta put more effort into it. And especially with the whole like front, like people at your school having committed suicide that didn't have social media. I think that it's a good platform to communicate especially for kids with, like, social anxiety that can't do it in person. but Because it's better yeah. than nothing. Yeah, it's 100% better than nothing. But, like, it could have been a catalyst. If, like, if they didn't know how to talk to somebody in person, and then maybe if people even tried, they would just, like, not know how to respond. And it could have been a reason.
0: I'm guessing what she's saying is that imagine if you have a 1,000 kids in high school. And out of those 1,000 kids, 950 are super active on social media. And out of those 950, 50 of them become depressed or suicidal. But because they're active in this community and have relationships, even though they're not face-to-face relationships, they can at least open up and talk about their feelings and share with someone that they're struggling. And then that person may know how to get that kid help, may tell a teacher, may tell a counselor, call the suicide hotline, what have you. And that provides some sort of safety net. But for those 50 kids that aren't on social media, that don't know how to communicate in there, and they're not communicating face-to-face because all the kids are in social media, I think that's what she's talking about. Like, those kids can fall through the cracks. Those kids don't really have a place where they can go and reach out for help. And when she'd said that, it made me think about what we could do to be able to not just include kids on social media, because let's face it, it's not going to be for everybody, but to make sure that people on social media and people not on social not on social media know specific steps that they could do to cross-communicate. So instead of just communicating on social media, instead of just communicating face-to-face, I think we have to bridge a gap and learn how to bring both of those communities together for an actual purpose. What do you guys think?
2: I think school's a really good place for that because you're, yeah, forced into a room with all these people, but like some of them don't have social media and some of them do, but that doesn't, you don't know that in person. And like not all kids have cell phones, but that doesn't mean that they still cannot get out and like every single day they're around the people that want to talk to them.
0: First thing that came to my mind was our quick trip and support groups. And the reason why is school, yeah, everybody's there, but how much time do you have just to sit with each other?
2: Maybe 45 <coughs> minutes at most.
0: Yeah, there's just not enough time to just hang out and practice social talk, but face-to-face. And our, for those people listening, our, our groups, are their social hangouts. Um, yeah, it, you know, this is not something, you know, for the girl who mentioned this, this is not a question she asked. I just I just wanted to bring this up to you guys to see what you guys thought about it. But it just makes me think that, you know, we have a lot of work to do to be able to integrate the social media world, that platform, with the face-to-face platform in a social situation. Cool. Um let's see, we got one more question. All right. This is okay, we're gonna end on a heavy one here. Okay. <laughs> I tried to commit suicide two years ago. I didn't I didn't want to die. I was just spiraling out of control and I felt there was no light at the end of the tunnel. What tools or advice can you give me to help me snap out of it if I start to spiral out of control again? So both of you guys, I know this is a little bit more of a deep one and you don't have to share personal experiences, but I think if our listeners know that this is something that I w- I don't want people to think that you guys are weighing on weighing in on something that you don't actually personally understand. So. What do you think about that question? Like some things that, I don't know if this is a girl or a guy or what, um, but some things that you could give for advice, what to do when you're spiraling out of control when you've already been to the dark place of feeling suicidal.
2: So just to be personal, um, about, I'd say, two weeks ago, the cops got called on me because I sent out a message to one of my friends saying that I was going to commit suicide. And then not last December, but the December before that, I was in the hospital from an attempt. So like, I know what it's like to relapse like that mentally. Um,
0: Feels like just a huge setback. Because I know you'd had such a great year.
2: Yeah, it had been going. I mean, there was setbacks, but like mentally I was doing so much better. And then one little thing can cause your entire world to crumble. But I don't know. I really had to just sit and think with myself. And it's the scariest thing to do. But if you just, like, irrationalize your thoughts on suicide. Just, like, sit there and think. And just try to be rational instead of just thinking what you want. Because, yeah, you're going to want to not be here. You're not going to want to have to deal with everybody's BS. But it's not the greatest option. Like, think about all the people that will be sad. (laughs) Is like, the thing that I usually go to. And I'm just like... I mean, I've been through losing friends through suicide, and I don't want to put anybody else through that.
0: Well, that, that was something I was going to bring up too because you've lost multiple friends to suicide. Yeah. So you can put yourself in the other person's shoes of knowing how it feels like to have someone gone and wondering how come you couldn't do anything to help them. And you don't want people to feel like that. Would you mind adding one more to that? Because just the other day you told me when you came to our group <laughs> that even though you're embarrassed and you didn't want your family involved, this time you decided that, so that you can continue with your good streak and much, because the whole entire last year from December up until two weeks ago, yeah, there's ups and downs, but it was one of the best years of your life as far as progress goes. So what's something that you're making the decision, even as uncomfortable as it may be, that you're willing to do with letting other people in to like support you?
2: Um, whenever I get into that spot, I'm actually going to reach out mostly to people in group because like being in that group and like knowing people and getting close to them they're definitely my second family and it's just like so much trust there and I trust that they're not going to do something stupid when I say and they're going to actually try to talk to me first instead of calling the cops which is not what happened (laughs) a couple weekends ago so just having that kind of support and then if I'm because like, I usually don't talk to my parents right away when it comes to it because it's just, like, I'm in that moment. I don't want somebody to, like, really freak out. I want somebody to be rationalizing, like, like being rational about it. So, like, it's usually after I've calmed down a little bit and after somebody else has calmed me down or if I'm not to, like, the complete spiraling point yet, then I'll go to my parents.
0: Well, I remember when you told me, to. So I'm not excited about this, but I need to start talking to my parents more about what's going on in my life.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, I, I've met your parents one time, and and from what you've told me, they're actually good parents. You don't have bad parents. It's just one of those things. That it's hard. You don't want them to worry, right? Yeah. But when it comes down to suicide, especially someone talking like this, even if it's uncomfortable, safety's first. Your safety is more important than your ego or your fear that someone can't take it.
2: 100%. Like. Even though I got the cops called on me, I wasn't mad at anybody. I was grateful that somebody cared about me that much. It was just kind of a stupid way to show it.
0: Well, one could argue that your mental state was not in your favor at that moment, <laughs> or else they wouldn't have had to call the cops on me. <laughs> Yeah. I know. It's been only a couple weeks. You're still like, here's the thing is... Apparently, she doesn't really like cops that much, but we digress. It's a whole different scenario.
2: <laughs> Eight more months. Can't go to jail. <laughs>
0: so, Chico, you know, you hear this question from this young person going through dark times. Any advice or any suggestions for them of something
1: that's worked for you, something they could do to help them not go back to that place again? Um, what I would do when I would start getting like in deep depression is like I remember when I was in my deep depression, I'd look in the mirror and I'd just start naming the things that I did not like about myself. And then the more that it would get deeper and deeper I'd be like, I can't keep doing this So I'd look in the mirror and I'd start to be like, You look good today And I'd just give myself a compliment like three, four times a day and I did that Oh, so not at that but, moment, but
0: throughout like slowly Yeah, every- like okay, I w- okay.
1: because. Yeah. Like, it takes fourteen days to form a habit, so I would do it for as as long as I could, and um, people would notice that my attitude was changing each day. I wasn't so groggy and to be like, oh, "Get away from me!" Like I don't like you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't even want to deal with you. It was like I'd walk and be like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" Because I wasn't always putting myself down. At that point, I was more bringing myself up and then coming down a little bit, but then. It's like three steps forward, one step back. I'm still going forward more than I'm going backwards. And it was, a lot of my friends could tell when I wasn't really doing okay. And they'd be like, hey man, let's go. And I'd be like, what? would be like, we're going, man. I got to cheer you up. We're going to go cheer you up. Let's go get in the car. And like, it'd be like six o'clock in the morning. I'm just waking up and I get a call on my phone. I'm outside, man. We're going to go get coffee and just have a conversation. And it's good to have people that you can just talk to because sometimes just letting out what's on your mind can really assist you with the rest of your day.
0: So I want to comment on the first thing you said. One thing that I've noticed from the last time we did the podcast and from listening to your group, one thing that seems to work for you a lot is you like to play like these little reverse psychology tricks on you on
1: yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like, fake over. it till I make it. Fake it till yeah, I make it. I screw myself over, but it benefits me in the end.
0: Yeah, and and so, you're you're looking in the mirror saying, I hate all these things about myself. I hate all these things about myself. And if that got you depressed, then you try to flip it. The complete, you know, 180 degrees, like, I hate myself, but, damn, my jacket looks good. Yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, you're just trying like, you know, it's like, damn, that girl dumped me and she broke my heart, but, it's cool. Her it, friends right there too. But at least her friend up. hit me up and said, Hey, are you okay? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, for remember, like you said earlier, different things, different strokes for different folks, right? Yeah. But do you think it's possible, because you said what your friends did to you. Do you think it's possible when someone's not because this person's not in, de- in the depressed spiraling stage right now? Do you think it's possible that advice you could give to them is you could tell them. Go to your closest friends and give them permission to take action when you're spiraling. So, for example, yeah, and like
1: have them call you out
0: exactly, or have them say, "Hey, listen, we're coming to get you right now. We're gonna go grab some ice cream. I don't have any money. You can pay me back later. I'm coming." Or ding dong, what are you what are you doing? I told you I'm not ready. Well, then we're gonna come inside. We're you know we're We're gonna gonna wait for you. We're gonna play Fortnite or wait for you till you're ready. You know, I had a friend in high school. Totally forgot about this. My buddy in high school, he was the he was our starting quarterback. And on the outside, everybody seemed like he was super shy and quiet and just funny. He's the guy that everybody liked. Me, not so much. But this guy, I had no idea our whole entire childhood. I mean, I've known this kid since I was really young, that he struggled with depression and anxiety. So we used to go over to his house and tell him, hey, let's go hang out. He'd be like, no, no, no. Then one day one of our friends, said, we're just going to go over there and make him do it. Well, once we went over there and we got him to come out, he had a good time. So we just realized with him, for some reason, we had to go to him and we had to pull him out of that situation. Later on in life, he thanked me. He admitted that he had depression and anxiety, and that was one of the best cool friend moves we could have done. I had no idea about what I know now. So I really like that suggestion and advice. Tell someone, tell your close homies, your close friends when you're not in a bad place, that if, you, if they see you, say, here's what I look like or here's what I'm going to do when I get there. Here's what you need to do to really help pull me out of it. And that way they don't feel like they have to save you, but you're giving them actual permission to do it.
1: Mm-hmm. And they're, you're giving them almost like a sense of, oh, I'm going to be the superhero. I'm going to save the heck out of my best friend right now. If he's not feeling okay, then I'm going to show up with hot and spices and we're going to eat good. <laughs> Wait, and think how
0: easy it is, Heaven. Think how easy it is when someone tells you, I'm good, I'm fine, I just don't want to hang out. It'd be easy to just respect their wishes and be like, oh, okay. But if you know that your spider senses are like, doo, 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 doo. You gotta take action right then and there. Then you're like, nah, I'm calling BS on this. We're getting, let me say, you bring some hot and spicy. Hot spices,
1: yeah. Me and the boys are coming through. With some McBitchens? Yeah, with (laughs) McBitchens. Yeah, stack them up on top and just go at it. I
2: just wanted to add, like, for somebody like me that doesn't have friends that do that, because, yeah, it's different for everybody. Yeah, like, I don't know. I'm usually the one that's like, I'm really sad. I want to hang out with somebody. Everyone's like, no, sorry, I'm busy. No, I don't want to go out. It sucks, but, like, if you have your license, go on a drive. If you don't, make your mom take you on a drive. (laughs) Get out of the house. Like, do something productive. And even if it's not productive, lay outside. Get that vitamin D, my dude. It's so much better than just sitting and being sad and moping because, like, none of your friends will come see you. Like, so what? They have lives. You're not, like... Your world, their world doesn't revolve around you, kind of thing.
0: So, you got to. So, what you're saying, Heaven, is you have to have that approach that if your starting team of friends, your starting friends, if they can't hang out, if they can't do nothing, don't forfeit the game. Go to your parents, go to your, your, your little brother. It's like, hey, you want to play a video game with me <laughs> just so you have something to do. And I repeat it in nauseam, but it, it bears repeating. The kryptonite to depression is connection. Yes, you would prefer to hang out with your closest, tightest friends or the people you really love the most. But if they can't hang out, you got to reach out and got to try to do something to connect with someone or something like nature, like with the sun.
2: Yeah, 100%.
0: Well, tell you what, this has been a lot of fun talking to you guys. And thank you so much for coming down here and helping me answer these questions. Because even though I help teenagers every single day, you guys are in the trenches. This is the world that you're living in right now. And I think it's, it's so much more valuable for people to hear from your life experiences and some things that, that you've done, some things that have worked, some things that didn't work. But at the end of the day, you're still in the fight. You're still working through it. And I couldn't appreciate both of you more for all the stuff that you've done at the support groups, for helping out. You guys have helped out so many other young people behind the scenes that no one will ever know about. But at the end of the day, they know you helped them. You know it makes you feel better. And so it helps you fight through all your own personal demons because there's some sort of confidence when you are helping other people going through their crazy stuff that kind of helps you get through your own crazy stuff too. Well, thanks, you guys, as always, for listening here to the Still Tripping Podcast. As I mentioned before, get those haters. Get those stance socks. Send us in a message on the DM. Each week, I'm going to be having different teenagers answering questions um, fielding questions from you guys so please hit us up Still Trippin Podcast follow us go to iTunes if you if you have an iTunes uh, podcast app it's a purple app it has looks like a little um, microphone with two circles around it click on that search for Still Trippin Podcast go to the um, review part give us five stars if you think we got five stars if you think we suck do not give us a review don't give us a one star please <laughs> I'm just kidding do whatever you got to do And if you would like to write a review, what reviews and giving us stars does is it helps people find this podcast that might want to listen to it. Please share with your friends. And until next time, we out.